0: Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments and no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about, sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens, to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas Know Best sent you. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best We Got Something to Say podcast. I am on with a very special guest, my dear friend, my mentor, miss lynn lassell lynn lassell is an entrepreneur at heart who worked while raising two wonderful sons that are now successful business professionals themselves with a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing she has managed many businesses worked in business development within multiple industries started two businesses of her own and aided others in business startups now certified in health and life transformation functional nutrition and as a facilitator of compassionate integrity training Lynn founded It's Why LLC to help other leadership professionals obtain and maintain the desired return on the investment they make in all relationships, personal and business, while prioritizing their investment in their health. And oh, is that oh so important. Lynn's mission is to show professional leaders how to take back control of their lives, love who they are, and what they do again to achieve their success potential. Lynn, it is an absolute honor to have you on my show. Before we dive into It's Why and what is Compassion Integrity Training and all of that good stuff, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself, your motherhood journey, and then we'll dive into the
1: professional stuff. First, let me say, Nicole, thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. I'm quite honored to be here. All I ever wanted to be when I was little was a mom. I wanted to grow up and have kids, take care of my family, and uh, that was my, my biggest desire for my entire childhood. And there was nothing more beneficial than actually having both of my children and seeing their little faces. I have two sons who are now grown. They're both excelling in the careers that they've chosen for themselves and having their own families, which is pretty amazing. So it's a wonderful journey being a mom. And I'm curious, do you want me to share here a little bit about how I navigated that with my professional life?
0: Please, because I know, as I mentioned in the introduction, a good friend, mentor of mine. So you and I know each other on a personal level. And I wanted to bring you on the show because You drop a lot of gems. You know, I say that a lot about you. That's like the new rhetoric. They say it's just these gems, right? These really, really important life lessons you make people think. And I wanted to share that with my audience because I know it's something that inspires me. So for sure, definitely for my younger listeners out there and maybe even older or still trying to balance and find themselves, why don't you explain a little bit of how you navigated through all of that? And I'm sure we're going to lead into it's why and where that came from. So that's perfectly fine.
1: Okay, thank you. I probably should actually back up to when my first one was in the womb. I knew I was going to want to be a stay-at-home mom because I knew I was going to want to be able to take charge of who my children would decide to be. And I started out signing up with Avon when I was pregnant, knowing that I would be able to make some sort of money, but still be able to be at home. And I remember when my first child was, I'm going to say not even six months. I think he was maybe about five months old. We had moved when he was four months and I had this territory for Avon and I took my baby on my hip going door to door with brochures to earn some money to be able to help the household.
0: How old were you when you had your first son? And there's a reason why I'm asking. the age.
1: (laughs) Sure. I was just turning 22. So, and I say that
0: because where was that inkling that came that made you say, yeah, I want to be here for those special moments, but I still want to contribute to the home because you are, you, you come from that generation of, there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of that. And for you to have to be so young to say, you know what, I want to be there for the, for the big moments, but then find a way to also contribute, as you said, to the family.
1: That's an interesting question because I think that aside from the generation, as you're referencing, I think a lot of it comes from within each person because it all depends on what your life's journey has been up to that point. For me, I knew from er a very early point in my life that I wanted to be a mom. And that was the most important thing to me. And I wanted to give my children a lot of what I felt I wanted and didn't have. And so with that mindset from a very early age what really was most important for me was that how could I provide that for my children if I'm not present? So being present was very, very important to me. As we all know, an income is also necessary. That's where the thought process came around. Well, how can I be here and do something else? And I happened to meet someone who was pregnant who had been selling Avon And then that kind of sparked the idea, well, let let me do that. So where that transitions into the rest of how everything kind of changed in the journey, I was actually with Avon for 19 years. Wow. But during that time, I just wanted to do as much as I could for my family, have as much as I could resource-wise to provide for my children as they grew up and they wanted to get involved in different types of things. So at one point in time when my kids were probably not too much younger or older than kindergarten level, I was at one point working five part-time jobs to navigate around the time I wanted to be available for my kids when there wasn't anybody that I could trust that could be there for me to take care of them.
0: And and you're saying and you couldn't find the support or flexibility you needed in one employer at a full-time job. So you had to do multiple things to then say,
1: yeah, it was all part-time was really all independent contractor work so that if I wasn't getting everything I needed financially from one area, all the different areas gave me the flexibility to do what I needed to do when I needed to do it. Except for the one part-time job that I had, I actually worked a telemarketing job and I had to go to that. And when I went to that job, My sister was able to watch my kids. At the time, my husband was doing so much traveling that I couldn't consistently do what I needed to do, banking on his schedule. So that's where I needed to have other resources to be able to take care of my kids when I wasn't present. But trust that what I wanted them to learn and the values I wanted them to have would be present. Understood. Let's kind of fast forward. So you
0: have this inkling, you're a young new mom. And, you know, like I said, progressive still of like, you know what, I'm going to have my kid with me, we're going to sell this, I'm going to make this work to where I can provide what I need to for the family overall, but still be there during the pivotal moments that I wanted to be in my children's life. Take me high level with corporate career, and then how that turned into the inspiration behind creating It's Why, because I want my listeners really to dive deep into getting all of the gems that you give so eloquently, and I don't want to lose sight of that. So let's high level talk about some of the corporate quote and how that transitioned into creating It's Why. I appreciate
1: that question. Most importantly, what I want to share here is that I waited until my children were middle school age. They were two years apart. They were able to kind of be there for each other. When they were old enough, that's when I started going back out to work, even in part time. And in that journey, I looked for full-time work because as they get older, it was something I could do. The first full-time job that I got was working in a medical office. I started to be on the opposite side of that patient care. And I was very observant, just like I was in thinking about where I wanted to be present for my kids on how to be present for other people. And I started recognizing that there were things that people were saying that might've meant other things. And through my journey from that first job, into the many different medical jobs that I had after that, different medical specialty offices, you're, you're dealing with different types of people with different types of patient concerns. And so you're now you're hearing a lot of different types of things. And I found that I guess the nurturing part of me that comes along with being a mom translated into how I was able to for the point of this podcast, coach patients to be able to see the positive side of things. Mm -hmm. It was just a natural part of the way I interacted with the people on the job. And it was just an extension of really how I was with my children and the people in my life. And so honestly, being a coach was never on my radar. I had so many people in my life that I would talk to, they would say to me, oh, you must do this for a living. And I would say, do what? And they said, oh, you must be a therapist or a counselor or a psychologist or something, right? And I'm like, no. And if I fast forward to the last employment that I had where I was working for somebody else, I was managing two wellness centers. And that's where it really came to a higher level because I was listening to people talk about their care plans and all the stresses that we as parents go through in our job, in our home, in our life. I started to hear that people sounded like they were always last on their list as priority, that everything else had to come first.
0: Let me interject right there, because my question to you was then going to be, what was the common denominator that you were seeing with all of those people? From what I'm hearing from you is that they're putting themselves last.
1: Absolutely. Despite who
0: they were, what they were, if they were taking care of their family, if they were parents, their career, whatever it was, they were last.
1: Yeah. It seemed to translate into everything. And why was that important? Well, I was managing these two wellness centers, but I wasn't a doctor and I wasn't A nurse. I wasn't a therapist. I had no certification. And I said, what can I do that can up-level the value that I have to be able to better serve these people? And that's when I started doing some research and it just came to light that I could become a health and life coach. And that would give me the training that I wanted to be able to be qualified to be able to help other people and support them in the way that they really deserve to be supported.
0: When was the aha
1: moment with all of this? It was less than a decade ago. Wow. Yeah, it took a, a long journey, a lot of hard work, and it was all worth it. Because when I started to spread my message, when I started to really share the things that I believe that I was so passionate about and coming from the perspective that my training has elevated me to really be able to understand this, to share it. I started to really feel like this is a message that really needs to be shared. It's so important when you see the results that people are getting, then I knew it was the right path to take. We didn't dive into this, but we are going to dive into it now because I know that you
0: also speak, and you were saying that the people that you were talking to all had this common denominator, but you also had the common denominator of putting yourself last. So why don't you explain to my listeners, what did burnout look like for you
1: and what are symptoms of burnout for them to recognize in themselves? What an incredible question, Nicole. (laughs) For me, I thought I had it all together. I was handling whatever had to be handled. Because the have-tos were everything that I had to focus on. I learned later on that was a big mistake. And where that first came into fruition was I had a nervous breakdown. I woke up one morning and I called into work and I said, I'm not going to be able to come in today. And I honestly don't know when I'm going to be able to come back. Wow. I hung up the phone. And two weeks later, I discovered that I had completely zombied out And my husband, thank goodness, he was not traveling and had to take care of my kids, because I checked out at this point. How old were they, and where were you at this stage for yourself? They were in—I'm going to say—junior high school, middle school, depending on the area you live in. It kind of—it's named a little different. So, it wasn't like they needed constant care, but they—they needed monitoring, you know. Sure. And how devastating is it to discover? that the person who wanted to be the most present for their children vanished for two weeks. That sent me on a path where this can't happen again. What do I need to do to get better and take care of myself? When I say we put ourselves last, burnout doesn't look like that for everybody. In most cases, Nicole, we are burned out long before we even recognize it ourselves.
0: Or hit the rock bottom per se.
1: Or hit the rock bottom. And rock bottom actually is going to look different for everybody because everybody's journey is different. The way everybody handles their journey is different. So there there really is no cookie cutter one set way that that plays out. So that being said, my life really for a very long time, even after that, I got myself back to functioning, but I didn't realize that I was really living a life that was like a flatline EKG. I was just going through the motions. Yeah.
0: And that's a good point. You came out of that, and but you got back to kind of where you were, which was before, quote unquote, the rock bottom for you or the breakdown for you, but it still wasn't solving the problem, which is, I think, what a lot of what we do in general. It's, it's very cultural. It's very societal, right? We kind of fix things at at level surface. Now being an advocate and, and very much being open with saying that I'm into therapy and it's crazy that now I see that everywhere. And I'm like, oh my gosh, of more people coming out and saying that. And the way my therapist explained it, because even talking to her, I'm telling her, I was like, and I feel like I don't even need to be here because I feel like you're thinking to me like, what problems do you have little lady? She's like, no, therapy is like any other form of exercise. And I was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. She's like, just like you would keep your body in shape, going to school for your mind or reading a book or doing puzzles. She was like, that's all it is. Another big problem, maybe around the corner, it's helping you. And I was like, "Ah aha, where I'm feeling guilty. Like, what am I doing here? You know, I'm kind of, I'm talking through it, but what do I really have? And she's like, no. So I say all that and I'm being open and transparent with that. To try and normalize it as much as possible, right? And say, look, yeah, I might not have anything major, but I'm trying to prevent those things and really figure out on a more than surface level that something was wrong. Something obviously wasn't working. How can I fix it? So, for you, what was that aha moment of, okay, I'm here, but now I'm back at this flat line? I'm kind of existing making it work when did you kind of cross over was it when you became a coach you know when was it for you that you were like yeah it's it's more than than what what i think it is and i need to do more for
1: myself that question has an answer that has many facets but i think what's most important to share here is that if i look back i can tell you that for a very long time probably even decades i did not know that my life was actually like a flat line. I did not recognize that until I was on the other side of everything. And yes, when you learn how to be a coach, you learn how to look inward and you discover more and more things. I discovered most of what I could share with you about what I've been through and what my journey looked like because of discovering that on the other side. Because I had to look back and say, what was it? Like, how did I not see this? Why did I not know that I didn't know how to make this different? And I see that with a lot of other people. And you would say, how can we know what we don't know? (laughs) That's a reasonable question. If we don't know, we don't know something. We don't even think to ask, right? That's the self-awareness that came to light for me. And the day that I really started to look back and really look at what my life looked like and where I might've been able to make a difference in it then was the day that I heard myself having a conversation with a colleague and I was home all by myself sitting in this chair. I heard myself say, well, and you know, for the first time in my life, I really love myself. And I went, but there was nobody else home. It only could have come out of my mouth. And I was stunned that I said that. And when I realized that I was stunned, I said, what was it about my life that never made me even ask myself, do I love myself? Do I like who I am? Do I wanna be who I am? Who do I wanna be? What do I want? And that was probably almost as traumatic As not recognizing it Mm. because I realized in that moment that I was the only one that who could have ever made my journey look different than what it was. It didn't matter what other people saw in me. It mattered what I saw in me and that made all the difference.
0: And that's so poignant because it's so true and I can imagine that is scary because I think one of the biggest things in talking to people, I know in things I'm working with myself and things is holding yourself accountable. So now you're coming to face the reality where like, oh shit, well, yeah, things might have happened or this and this, but I also had a role to play. Maybe I didn't have a role to play because something happened to me that I couldn't help, right? We have things that happen but what was my reaction to it? What was I doing throughout all of this? And I think when we have to come to terms with that, that is one of the scariest things to do because we always, or not we, I say that very generally because we're not taught how to you know, monitor things or it's always projecting, but we're thinking you no, know, someone else did it. We're not looking inward to see what is our responsibility in this. And I am a big advocate for that. If that's one thing that I can very proudly say with myself is that I have no problem since I was very young looking in the mirror and being like, yeah, what was my, even if it was a, a boyfriend, right, that was cheating I and mean, being like what did you do? Well, why did you let it happen? What was going on inside of you that you were allowing this to happen or you were accepting this to happen? So now you have this like, oh
1: shit, I'm in it now. What was that work like for you? I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. I truly believe though, that anything that's difficult is what's most worth it. And that's based on my experience. Like it's easy to put yourself last on the list, That's easy. Is it worth it? That's a question we have to ask ourselves. The negative part of my journey, the hard the part of the journey where it was easier to just put myself on the back burner and do the have-to's, that was when I lived this why me existence. When I got to the point where I pushed myself to the top of the list, I now live this why not me existence? And as simple as that sounds, it is a tough journey. But it is probably the most worthwhile way that I have discovered to really push myself to the top of that list. I've heard a lot of moms and dads actually say, I can't take time for myself because I have to take care of my kids. I have to take care of my spouse. I have to take care of my boyfriend. I have to take care of my parents. I have to take care of my siblings. I have to take care of my boss. I have co-workers that count on me. So my question would be, where does it end? It really doesn't. So if it doesn't, how would it feel to make the choice to push yourself to the top of the list? And maybe that positive energy will trickle down to everything else.
0: Mm -hmm. Because I think to your point, okay, your children might get older. But then, like you said, if you're still living that same pattern, then it's, when does it stop of making the excuses? Well, no, I have to do this. You're not making time or I have to do this. And let me ask, what are like the top three tips that you can help someone that if they're feeling like, okay, we explained burnout, burnout could look differently to everybody, which makes sense, right? Cause everyone has their own journey and what that looks like to them and what's on their plate and what they have to deal with, but what are some things people can do that can make a world of difference on a very simplistic level, whether it's breathing or is it just asking yourself this question? Like, well, I want to go have an ice cream right now. And it's like, well, damn it, then go have an ice cream right now. Speak on that a little bit.
1: So we all have occasions when we feel uncomfortable about what we need to do in a moment, whether it's a work moment, a family moment, whatever it is, right? A relationship moment, doesn't matter what it is, but we can all probably recall Just one small moment where we were just like, oh, because it's not really something that you want to do, even though you haven't asked yourself, right? So I had somebody once ask me during the course of this journey, all of this is going on and you're feeling all this stress, all this tension, all this dismay. What would you have to do in this moment to feel different? And I said, that's a really hard question. And I think... I was really frustrated that I had never thought to ask myself that question, and I really did have to think about it. And I thought, okay, I'd probably just have to push everything that's flowing through my brain right now, just out, and think about nothing, just for a moment. What would that look like? And I said, I don't really know. I was working with a colleague of mine at the time. She said, how would it feel if you were to just take a moment now and we do a grounding exercise. And I said, I'm open to anything that might work. So we did a breathing exercise and these were the things that stuck out in my mind in such a prominent way that I share this with other people. She said, inhale possibility, exhale tension. Inhale acceptance, exhale judgment. In my mind, in those moments, I was giving myself permission to accept the things that I hadn't opened doors to possibilities for myself. And I was also allowing myself to turn away judgment because I think sometimes even if we don't recognize that we are judging or feeling judged, we don't really recognize it or we just might not even if we think that we can. And when we can let go of those things and give ourselves permission for the things that fuel us, everything can really change. So from that moment on, when I come into my office, I turn on a spa station that plays very quietly in the background. And I've learned that over time, that now automatically relaxes me And how I know that is that the days that I forget to turn it on because I'm so busy with other things, I can feel my shoulders working their way up to my ears because the muscles are tensing. But then I'll put that station on and it makes a difference. So that's one little thing. I make sure I get up to have at least 20 minutes to have my cup of coffee and not think about anything else in the morning. And at night, I have a reminder that goes off on my phone Just about a half an hour before I know I'm usually going to fall asleep. That reminds me to celebrate something that I've accomplished today, no matter how small or simple it may seem, because that means I'm going to sleep on a positive note and it's help my sleep, which helps your energy, which helps your mindset.
0: Oh, that's so true because think of how many times we've fallen asleep thinking of what we didn't accomplish and what's on our to-do list or we're worrying about tomorrow. I'm guilty of that. Even if I've read a book and I'm falling asleep and then when I have thought about the next day's to-do list, I get a little anxious depending on what it is. So I love that and the aspect of saying, I'm going to celebrate this so I can go to sleep with a smile on my face.
1: Exactly. Uh, And I won't say it's easy. It's not, but any habit. Is something that we have to generate slowly and we need to start small. And for everybody, what's small may look different. What I'm saying was small for me may seem big for somebody else. So everybody has to find what is good for them, what's small for them. And I would invite your listeners to really just take a second to just ask themselves, what might be one small thing that can help me feel empowered? for myself. You don't have to have an answer now. But if you ask yourself that question and you seriously give yourself a little bit of time to answer it, it can start opening up a lot of thoughts that can ultimately end up shifting the direction that you want to go in.
0: I love it. Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashi Paré, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career on your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. So you became this health and life transformation coach, but where did the identity coach come from? And what is one or two of your favorite questions to ask when you do meet somebody and you start diving
1: with this? Because I know you asked me this, but why don't to tell my listeners. The identity coach actually sprang up a few years ago. I was working just pro bono with a group of professionals to really help them understand the way they can elevate themselves to network better because we had all met in a workshop together and there were some things they didn't understand. And I had gotten it because I had gone through a lot of the training already, being a business manager and dealing with marketing for so many years and then combining that with all the health aspects. I had a handle on it. And after several meetings, because we ended up doing this over a period of months, somebody said to me, you know, you truly are the identity coach. And I was like, what makes you say that? And they shared with me that based on the things that I've asked and the conversations that we've had, they really took an internal look at who they wanna be. And they discovered that the person that they really wanted to be was really hiding somewhere inside. And I truly helped them find their chosen identity. And I think it's all embedded in most of us who we really wanna be from the very beginning. It just gets lost in the shuffle of all the craziness of society and technology and everything else that seems to be on the have-to list. So I said, I really love that. And thank you. Would it be okay if I use that? And the whole group said, oh my goodness, you have to, because that's who you are. I said, okay, I am now throwing away my old cards, my old signature, and I'm going to use that. And what I love about being able to identify myself as the identity coach is that people will always ask me, what is that? And it gives me the opportunity to actually share. So identity. I don't recall, Nicole, what question I asked you, please. Which one was it? I know I do have several questions that I actually ask and I can't, Nail down which one it is, so what's your superpower,
0: and then we'll dive into inner power partners because I do want to talk about that. I want to talk about the creation, and I of that. appreciate that
1: yeah. all right, so let's see if we go back to that, the best way to explain identity is by starting with the most important piece that I think everybody has to starts with, which is their story. What's your story is such a typical average question. People think it's so simple, and then what I usually say is. All right. So when you think about what your story is, you might have seen a little mini movie that flashes across your forehead and you say, "Okay, I got it. That's my story. So the question that comes after that is, is that story the story that you want everyone else to hear about you? Some people may say, absolutely. And a lot of people that I encountered have varied answers. Well, not not all of it. Some of it. Heck no, absolutely not. So everybody's answer to that question could be different. Why do I ask that question? Because I had to ask myself that question. And what I realized is in order to really know the story that we want others to hear, it's beneficial to write down what you think your story is. Because when you read it back, the playback can be very different than what you actually hear yourself think because when you're thinking about what your story is, you're visually seeing how you've perceived things in your mind. But when you read what you write, it's going to show back however it's on paper. And when I wrote my story, I realized that I had really written down some of the most horrible things That I survived in my journey because I was allowing those things to define who I am. But when I realized that those are not the things that other people need to know about me, I had to change my story. And the only way to change your story is to start asking yourself internal questions that you've never asked before, which is what puts us at the bottom of the list. When you start asking yourself those internal questions, you're slowly climbing to the top of the list. And that
0: is your secret sauce. That is what makes you the identity coach. And that is what I know helps so many people and inspires people after they've had a conversation with you on that level, like when you inspired the women at my Empowering Women in, in Business a group that I had. So before we jump into Power Partners, to full circle all of that and your inspiration behind creating that, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more about the specific services
1: and things that you offer? So a lot of people have a misconception about what coaching is. Coaching isn't therapy. A coach doesn't advise. They don't prescribe. They don't suggest a coach can provide information if someone asks for it but mostly my job is to be able to, to provide the support and accountability as you mentioned earlier for someone who's feeling stuck humpty dumpty up on that wall wobbles back and forth doesn't go backwards maybe but certainly doesn't go forward just stuck afraid that they may shatter into pieces, right? We tell our kids all the king's horses and all the king's men may not have been able to put Humpty back together again, right? We don't want to be like that. We want to be able to move forward. Having support and accountability is important. We fulfill deadlines that we need for work. Why? Because we feel we need to be accountable to a boss, to a job, to an organization. Why are we not doing that for ourselves? Well, sometimes we just need to know that we have somebody cheering us in our corner. And why is it the reason I became a coach? Because in my journey, even the people that were closest to me, that I trusted the most, there were always things I recognized that I wouldn't share for fear of judgment. Well, the thing that you get with the support and accountability of a coach is that you have an unconditional, non-judgmental space because there's nothing that you can say to me that is going to to have judgment attached to it. It, There's only freedom attached to it. Because when you really speak about what is truly inside of you, it's emancipating. You're no longer holding on to something and protecting something for the need to feel safe. You are in a safe environment. And when you allow yourself to have that emotional freedom, everything is possible, Nicole. Everything.
0: So you're saying once there's that breakthrough there, once you're afraid to talk about the things that maybe you like to do or, you, or you've or you been pretending you like to do, whether it's a career or whatever it is, then that helps you find your true identity from there.
1: And here's the thing. When we're getting through the support and accountability, we're having a conversation. I've been known to have the name given to me, another name yet again. You're the queen of questions. Yes, <laughs> because I ask a lot of questions that we never think to ask ourselves. And by doing that, the person's providing their own answers. But if they don't ask themselves those questions, they're not likely to come up with those answers themselves. That's where the service that I provide is providing the tools that you require, the questions that you want to ask yourself, but haven't. In order to share with you what I hear you telling me, because we all have our answers inside of us. It's just about being able to find them.
0: Which is where you come in to ask the questions that they haven't thought to ask, or I've been afraid to ask and to discuss.
1: Yeah. And so the story is the main part. And that's where a lot of the questions that come up. Imagine this, when you finally fine tune that story, and it's absolutely what you want others to know about who you are and what you believe in, do those beliefs now match up with the beliefs you might have had before when you were attached to your old story? And those get uncovered. And then we work through that. And when we get through all of those things, we ultimately end up discovering the true identity that might've been hidden deep down inside that you now want to share with the world, because that's the person who makes you happy. That's the person that you can turn around and say, I love myself and I'm doing what I want.
0: I love it. So now why don't we go into inner power partners, what that is, the creation of it, and what you want to explain
1: with that. Well, how inner partner powers came to be, as as you well know, started with just a small group of a few of us who were regularly and consistently getting together. I think what was most important about that was that we shared our missions, our passions, our goals, and how we wanted to accomplish them. We also shared with each other how much we wanted to get this accomplished, but we weren't sure how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of us were able to come in and say, hey, well, I know a bit about that. I could help you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know a bit about that. I could help you. And it was so empowering. Every time we got together, we said, wouldn't this be great if we could bring this to a larger group of people? I said, we all have an inner power within us that we're sharing with each other. Wouldn't it be great to just be inner power partners because it's helping us build our business? And it was like, I think an aha moment for the (laughs) few of us that were sitting there. It was a Friday and by Sunday, I had written everything down on what I thought that would look like to bring that to a larger group. To fast forward, we have, and that group is a group of professionals, doesn't matter how many people are in that profession or how many individual professions we have, where people coming together and talking about what we celebrate, what we need support in, what we're passionate about, what our perceptions are around different things. And that could be different. And what happens when we do those things in a conversation and get feedback on it? We're a bunch of people who happen to be professionals. It's digging
0: deep into who the
1: person is rather
0: than a regular group where like, hey, I'm Lynn, I'm transformation life coach and Nicole, I'm owner of NGC Consulting. It's digging deep into really building the,
1: as you say, the know, like and trust. Yeah. When you go out in your social environment and you're meeting people and wanting to get to know them better because you like them, they may seem like they're going to be a great friend or a great partner or, you know, oh, wow, I really like this person and they have kids. Maybe I want to set up a play date and and create a family connection, right? What makes you know that? What makes you decide that you want to believe in this person? Well, it's the same thing in business. You have to believe in the person before you're going to trust what they can provide you in their business. And so I personally believe that there's only one way to build relationships and then the rest will come. In Inner Power Partners, we're working on getting to know, like, and trust each other while we're unconditionally there to support each other give each other feedback, share expertise, and create an environment in just a one-hour short time. The interesting thing is, Nicole, no one in our meetings ever says, who are you, what do you do, and what's your contact information? (laughs) Have you noticed that? (laughs) And what's beautiful about that is that translates ultimately in everything that we're doing in that conversation. Because we're talking about, well, I may need support about my family because of what I have to do at work. And you explain that, right? Or I need support about having, how I can up-level this in my business because what I've been doing hasn't been working. Well, the conver- in the conversation, it comes up about, Where's that shortfall in what you're doing in your business? What is your business? You know, why are you passionate about your business? These are things that we don't generally talk about in that 30 second commercial. But isn't it wonderful when we get to learn the things about someone that you don't see on a business card?
0: For sure. I love it. And, you know, I'm part of the team, the IPP team, and it has been so empowering. And truly, we're just getting started and very excited for 2022. I know I look forward to it. It's one of those things that, you know, you have to make time for and be very conscious of, right? Because it's a commitment in itself. And to be very honest, there'll be a Wednesday, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this meeting. I'm like, I have to leave, even though I'm looking forward to it. And then right when I get in, I'm like, and then I'm so happy I did. And then I don't want to leave. And I'm like, wait, I have to leave because I have to go back. So it's been, it's been awesome. And, you know, I'm so excited to see where it goes and to be a part of it. To your point, I think support is key. And there's different strokes for different folks. I think you can have the networking aspect of things, but to have that different dynamic and to throw the... Why don't we try it this way, where it's like a mastermind group, maybe leaving a little bit deeper than that there, I say, and and the support with having the Facebook group and the WhatsApp group and making sure that they're, we're all there for each other. And I loved how when someone missed the meeting, and they were still answering the questions that you had presented to
1: share the wins, to share the losses. So yeah, it's been amazing so far. If it would be okay with you, I want to t- kind of tie all these loose ends together and everything that we've talked yeah. about. because it's so important. We talked about what it was like through motherhood and trying to balance that with a career. One point I want to just highlight here is that when my kids grew up and went off to college, when you get to that empty nest part, if you don't ask yourself, what does it mean to put myself at the top of my list during that time? I got to the other side and, and this was hard. And I said, okay, well, what do I do now? I really don't know how to want to do anything other than be a mom because I never asked myself those questions. That's important. And it's important because it cultivates the person that you are in your career, in your personal life and everything that happens from there. So even if you're someone who feels that you've got that all together, but you want to elevate your business, maybe you even just want to elevate your life, be open to asking yourself if I want more, in any area. What might I not know that I don't know? And how can I find it out? What do I have to ask myself in order to take the next step or discover what the next step is? And that's really what it's all about because many of us in Inner Power Partners are a mom or a dad, maybe newly married, maybe a planning parent, Maybe an empty nester, maybe not even there yet, but thinking about what that's going to look like. Every level of life that we're at all ties into another. So how amazing can it be if we take now, be in the present and say, how much can I discover about how i want to be the best version of myself so that i can take that and connect it to all areas of my life and when i'm so happy and other people see me that way how might that change my business
0: (laughs) change your business and just change your life in general right? And I love how you tied it all together with motherhood. So thank you for kind of tying it and putting it all together. So I want to get into my quick get to know here.
1: Just some fun questions, my speed round. What is your favorite book? That was a tough one. I, I have a few favorite authors that I like, but if I really had to just name a title, I think I have to go with Simon Sinek Start With Why, because why is my foundation of everything. Nice. What is the favorite item in your home? If I had to really say something, that's going to sound so silly. I think I'm going to have to say probably my coffee pot. I knew it.
0: I was going to say it.
1: <laughs> the secret thing is one of my jobs was being a barista, so I now have a reputation wow. around coffee. So and I you guess that made would you be it. Make coffee yet? That's only because my machine broke. When I get a new one, I promise to invite you over and I will make you a very, very delectable cup of latte. Love it. Who makes up your village? The man of my life and my children. I would say that's the village that's most important to me. And then the extension of that village are my closest, dearest friends. And I would definitely say that you have joined that category. So thank you.
0: You're welcome. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, this weekend, where would you go? Where would it be to?
1: I would go and visit my kids because they live very far away. However, that's only because I already filled my dream of traveling to the only place on the planet I ever wanted to go to. And that was Australia. Really? It was it's another incredible story, maybe for another podcast. But yeah, I was given an opportunity. And I had to overcome a traumatic fear in order to be able to get there. So I did fulfill that dream. But since I've already done that, the next dream in my mind, especially over these last few years, would be to see my kids.
0: What has motherhood taught you?
1: This is probably an unexpected answer because it was for me. Motherhood has taught me that the best example you can set for your children is showing them how important it is to focus on who you are and who you want to be. I love it. Any other final thoughts to the podcast world? If you're listening to anything that we've discussed today and any of it feels like it connects, just take five minutes. Everybody's got five minutes. If you don't think you have five minutes, go in the lavatory and lock the door and just take a few minutes to stop and think, who do I want to be? What's important to me? Why not me?
0: I love it. Lynn, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you again for coming on, for sharing your story, for dropping those gems and continued love and light to you
1: with It's Why, Growing That, and of course, the success of Inner Power Partners. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's always an honor and a pleasure to work with you.
0: Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out TheMotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.